The following program is brought to you by Mind's Eye, the virtual newsstand. Welcome to 501 Crossroads. This is Marjorie Moore. We are here to talk about today about volunteers and volunteer committees and how to keep them engaged, keep them happy, and most importantly, keep them working. Um, I've got a friend of mine today, Mary Valoni. She's here. She's got, Mary, you have this amazing series of really short, really useful videos on your yeah. Facebook page, which yeah, has been you. so fantastic. <laughs> and uh, I saw the one that you, you uh, had about uh, volunteers and kind of an idea of a really good tip to bring them into the organization. So why don't we start out talking about that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, um, on my Facebook page, I've been posting these videos, just hoping to give some tips out there for people who are working in the nonprofit world and um, trying to connect with their volunteers and donors. So this video, yeah, I was specifically talking about um, those volunteers who start talking about your organization as you and you're going to do this and that's awesome, but they never say we, when they're talking about what we're going to do together. And um, I spent several years with the American Cancer Study, and I just loved how the volunteers immediately jumped in and started talking as though we were in this together. It's kind of like yes. when you're a staff person. You immediately take ownership of the organization. You go represent yourself as I work for, you know, I'm. we're going to be doing this. We're saving lives. We're changing the world, you know, but they don't always involve the volunteers to make that um, a part of their vocabulary. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm always about um, changing that vocabulary by one, catching it. Yeah. <laughs> so when I hear people say, you should do this, so I was like, how about we do that? You know, and we start talking about um, how we're going to do this together. Because the more we say it like that, the more, yeah, we feel like it's our organization and we need to make a difference and go, go change lives. It's so much easier to do something with 200 people doing it together than maybe seven people in our organization you know, one person in a lot of organization with maybe a thousand volunteers. Yes. That's, well, that's and volunteers, volunteers to me is like, I mean, they're just an extension of your staff and, yeah. and I'm a huge believer in team building, you know, that it's like, it, we're so much better together than we are alone. And as yeah, fundraisers, absolutely. we want to do it on our own. <laughs> and for some <laughs> reason, it's really hard to delegate because you don't want the ball to drop. Mm -hmm. So we tend to lean towards our other staff and then it becomes very staff heavy when your volunteers are 10 times more likely to give to your organization if they volunteer with you. 10 times more likely oh to goodness. give. So <laughs> you spend all this energy into your donors and talking with donors. Your volunteers are your potential donors. So if Absolutely. you can engage them in and turn them into insiders instead of outsiders, they're more likely to donate to your organization as well. I've never heard that, but I can see how it's so true. I know that so many people out there are probably afraid to ask their volunteers to give. Yes. Um, I actually was having a conversation with that with another person who runs another service like, like the one that I run. And she was like, we, we've never asked our volunteers for money before they give their time. Yeah. You know, how do you get around that mindset sometimes? Absolutely. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Your volunteers should be the ones who are asking other donors for money. Mm. So a lot of times people say, you know, like as, as a fundraiser, I want to tell those donors or those volunteers to number one, if you're going to go ask somebody, I want you to be a donor. Like I want you to give first so that you have the credibility to go ask somebody else to give. So sometimes it's not even like a huge conversation or anything. It's just, would you consider giving before you start asking others to give? Awesome. And then, I mean, that's, that's usually an easy ask. <laughs> and then, and when you invite volunteers in, um, it's easy too to just set that expectation that we really encourage our volunteers to consider being donors. You know, so it's not like a huge ask. You don't have to sit down with a really like professional proposal to them or anything. It's just yeah. the more you know about something, the more you care. 
Absolutely. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. And <laughs> as you build relationships with each other, the more you learn about what resources and what, um, you know, connections they personally have. Mm-hmm. So every volunteer has, you know, family members. They have, you know, businesses that they're affiliated with or other organizations outside of yours that they're connected to. And that's easy for you to say, Hey, I know you're involved in this or your husband owns this company. Would they ever be interested in donating to this event or being a part of this in some way? And then that's an easy intro into, could you introduce me? Yeah. And then we can start to have that conversation further. Oh, that makes so much sense. So let's go to the beginning of, okay, I, my board has decided that we need to have a fundraising committee. Yes. And now what? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a great idea. What are they going to do? How am I going to recruit these people? Right. (laughs) Right. So I have a seven-step system that I always train on and teach on. And, um, of course, my company is Mary Valoni Consulting. And so I just go in and work with nonprofits and walk them step-by-step through the process. So step one is focus your vision. So that's to me like you know what your mission statement is. Yes. You know what the vision is of your organization. And so you immediately say, when I'm recruiting people, this is this is all they need to know. They just need to know the mission of the organization is X and they can start to share that with other people. So just knowing exactly what direction you're going to take them. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's right off the bat. And then, and then start running your research. So to me, so that's the R it's my, my plan is called the seven steps to fundraising freedom. Okay. So it also, it all spells out freedom. So F focus on, on, um, on your vision. Uh, the R is run your research. And so that's when I want to do my research on my volunteers. So don't just put warm butts in seats. I mean, so tempting. (laughs) Yes, it is tempting because people will, you know, call and say, Oh, I'd like to volunteer, you know, so about 50% of people will actually come to your organization because they want to come, you know, that they said, Oh, I saw you on this or I heard about what you were doing. And 50% will come because you asked them. Okay. So I'm leaning towards, I want the 50% that you're going to ask because they're going to probably be the best volunteers because they felt honored that you chose them. So when I'm running my research, I'm looking at, okay, who do I strategically, who do I want in the community to be a part of my organization? And I start looking at gifts and skills and what kind of things that I want. So, you know, in media, you may say, Hey, I want a representative from every media outlet in this community. And because of that, I want to have, like, I don't necessarily need the CEO. I don't need the founder. I don't need the owner, but if I could get like a spokesperson, a newscast, you know, somebody who's kind of like middle to upper management who never gets asked. Like yeah. those guys never get asked because <laughs> it's like you either want the, dis- you know, the decision maker or you're just going to get somebody who is a day of volunteer and they come out and you probably didn't even know their name. You know? <laughs> so, so I'd be really strategic. But when you're running your research, I'm always looking at, okay, like when I worked for the American Cancer Study, I was looking at who's been affected by cancer. And a lot of times people are very vocal about their connection, especially Absolutely. when it comes to a disease or a loss of a child or something like, you know, it just depends on what your nonprofit is. But you kind of have an idea of how you're going to hear about their story to figure out if they're a good fit for like passionate about the work that you do. So, so doing your research on that person and just finding out, do they have the capacity to give? Do they have time on their hands? Did they just have a kid who just graduated from high school and now they're empty nesters? So they've got more time (laughs) on their hands. You know, like all that stuff is really important as you're recruiting volunteers because now, you know, (laughs) do they even have the time to give to my organization? If they're so, so hard these days, yes. And if they're so busy, yes, if they're on every charity, you know, committee in town, 
you know, they may or may not be a great fit, you know, but they might be a great fit because busy yeah. people tend to get stuff done. Yeah. You know? So they do. they're busy for a reason. Exactly. And so I'm always like, I just want to know ahead of time that they're a good fit for the organization. Mm-hmm. And when I'm doing my research, I'm also looking at like, I had a, um, a good mentor of mine who always talked about the octopus, which was like, you know, you think about all their legs, you know. And each leg goes into a different part of the community. So somebody might be really connected in the school system. Somebody might be really connected into, you know, the, um, you know, government or what, but each avenue of your octopus volunteer, you know, chart is that they, they have a completely different circle of influence. So if you start recruiting a volunteer base of everybody who they're all best friends, they all know each other. Well, who do you think they're going to recruit? More their best friends. The <laughs> they all know. Yeah, it. Nobody. yeah <laughs> nobody. Exactly. So you're going to end up with this really tight knit group of people who yeah. are very cliquish and they don't <laughs> and they won't invite anyone outside in. And yeah. you want to reach the masses. So I want to be in every single department of the community and I want to reach people who are stay at home moms and I want to reach people who are CEOs of companies and I want the community, you know, so yeah. so I want everyone. But so in each one of those circles, there's usually kind of like a a mover and shaker in that kind of area. And they, they kind of, they're great leaders. So you want to just do your research, run your research and figure out who those people are. And then you start strategically going after them. And that's the E of my freedom, which is enlist, go enlist your team. So now it's kind of like, the military, you know, that it's like they enlist for the army or, you know, so it's like they're coming in saying, hey, we want to be a part of that. And so you will 50 percent. They'll come to you. Fifty percent. You'll go out and ask them. But these volunteers now you're they're in your organization. They say we want to help you. So now let's put them to work. You know, like <laughs> let's start training them. Mm-hmm. So now we're telling them what we expect. You know, like what do you expect of a volunteer when you're a volunteer of our organization? Here's our vision. And in order for us to fulfill the mission of our organization, we need volunteers who are going to step up and give this level of commitment. Yeah. So before you even start, the expectation is set. Mm -hmm. So they know, I mean, if you want to be a day of volunteer, that's awesome. We're going to recruit you for that golf tournament and you're going to help set up signs and this, that, and the other. But when you come in, I know that that's your level of commitment. Yeah. And that's such a nice thing to know up front. Yeah. Cause I mean, if you start plugging people in, just putting more bots and butts and seats, which I, you know, <laughs> like uh, it's not a good plan plan because in no. the end you're frustrated. They're frustrated. You know, I always joke about like, if somebody gave you a job to like, like me to, you know, be a mechanic or rewire a building, it's like, you know, I'll figure it out, I guess, yeah. but I'm going to be frustrated and I'm going to be, you know, upset and, yeah. and I, and I don't want to come back. And that's what you don't want. You don't want yeah. volunteers who feel like, well, I guess I could go do that, but that's really not my thing. You know, I don't, yeah. I, I can't run that event. That's just not what my thing, I'm not into decorating. So why'd you put me on the decorations committee? You yeah. know, like, but <laughs> Oh, well, I needed somebody and you, you know, volunteered. So I just put you there. Yeah. Well, you know, and so many people are so afraid of fundraising to begin with that they automatically say, that's not my thing. Yeah. Go away. And so that education is really important because you are able to get over that fear. It's just really hard. Absolutely. Well, and volunteers, you know, I think when you get into like people who are in sales, and they are just like, they rock it when it comes to fundraising. They just yeah. need to know, okay, well, what do I need to ask for? How do, how much are we asking for? You know, it's like a really good plan. 
and, and everybody on the team is trained and ready to go. I mean, they're going to be much more efficient and effective for your organization if they feel like, okay, I got the tools. Yeah. So like when you hire an employee, like you don't just throw them out there. Not most times. No. (laughs) So you invest time and you, you tell them, you know, like, okay, here's the culture of the organization. Here's what we expect. Here's the, how you check it, you know, do your timesheet and your, you know, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So they know really what, what is expected of them. So, and we just, the volunteers were like, Oh, just come in. You know, we don't really care. Just come, you know, it's like, no, we've got to be really, you know, do everything on purpose, you know, and what we want from our volunteers. And when you have pulled together an event committee, like, you know, what roles you're looking for. So that's like, you know, back to, if we have an event that we're planning, um, you know, that it's like, okay, I want a chairman of this event. So I need somebody who's a really strong leader. And I look to that person as being like, kind of like your team captain of a, of a sports team. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Because it's like, they got to be the most passionate. They have to have the most energy. They're probably going to score the most points, which means yeah. they're probably going to raise the most amount of money. Mm-hmm. You know, so that kind of a leader, if you have somebody who's like typically on the bench and you just put them in as your team <laughs> captain, like how well do you think your event's going to do? Yeah. And that's, you know, that's something I think a lot of agencies struggle with is looking at their event committee and going, I have no idea who to be, who I want to be the chair of this thing. Let's just ask everybody and hope somebody says yes. Right. And I would much rather spend the time and energy, which I mean, when I, the event that I put on that I'm, you know, got the most amount of uh, experience doing was I, I put on a gala in Southwest Missouri and it raised a half a million dollars in its first year in Southwest Missouri, in Southwest Missouri, in wow. Spring, Springfield, Missouri. <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was like, I mean, we were the sixth largest in the country, the number one gala in Southwest Missouri. I mean, like we had, uh, you know, raised a ton of money in that community, but the whole thing was, was that I sat for six months on finding the right chairman Wow. And so I knocked on doors. I had volunteers <laughs> who were helping me recruit other volunteers who were, could possibly be the, the right fit. But in the end, I wanted a volunteer who could take ownership of the event yeah. that they would say, I am cheering this event. Yeah. You know, so it was like, I am the chairman that they they were proud. We, I mean, they had that same vocabulary that it was like, this was theirs. They own this event. And together we were putting this event on for the community. So it's really that pure top down. Absolutely. And so, and that's what's so critical about um, working with your volunteers is that there's such a strong partnership between your staff and your volunteers. When I worked with my volunteers, I always looked at them as being like, they were more my boss than my boss was my staff boss. I mean, like, loved my boss. She was always, you know, like a great resource, but she never felt made me feel like I had to report into her. I looked to my volunteers as being like, Hey, I don't want to let you down because if I let you down, you're not going to show back up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, so we had such a strong staff volunteer partnership that, um, from there, I, they knew I had their back, you know, mm-hmm. and with everything, every decision that was made, if they called at, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten o'clock at night, I picked up. If they text, (laughs) I responded, you know, so that's the whole thing is, is that your volunteers are going to reciprocate your level of commitment. So if you're only willing to give 50%, well, they're probably going to give 25% because you get paid to do this. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so that's the, the relationship where it's like you push each other and that is what makes it 
like the most amazing relationship. So, and then, you know, the rest of my plan, the, the <laughs> rest of my freedom plan, just to name them off, just so that you have an idea is, um, enhance your brand, which is all about building out. If you're doing an event, and you've got a new logo, you know, everything is done with excellence. And so yeah. as you build out that, the branding of your event or your organization, that your volunteers get a say in it. So let's say that you rebranded your organization, you put up this new logo and you just slapped it up there and you never told any of your volunteers. Oh, that's no good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like they're, they're going to be like, what you do? Wow. You know, and this was a great opportunity to like get them excited and to do a competition and to really get them engaged. But the same thing happens with our events is that we roll out print materials for our events and say, Oh, here, go sell it. Mm-hmm. Well, a volunteer is going to be like, oh, I don't like this print material. Like, I don't think that this looks professional enough. But if you said, hey, we put this template together. We want you to take a look at it. Let us know what you think. And then they have the opportunity to say, eh, it's okay. Or, yeah, this is awesome. I love it. You did a great job. They they feel like they had a say before you went to print. That's one of those first things of the event, too, is like, <laughs> so we're getting excited early, yes. which is so important. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, and then the next step is deploy, is deploying your team. So now your team is bought in. You asked them their opinion. You heard their opinion. You, you know, responded from it. If they said, Oh, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of this logo. But what, what I always do is that the, I tend to lean towards like what I want done, you know? Mm -hmm. So like if, if I've got, um, logos that we're showing, I'm going to show three examples. I'm not going to say, well, what do you think? Do you like this? Do you like that? Do you like, you know, it's like, Hey, we're going to pick one of these three. Which one do you like? And then they get their voice in it. Not that we necessarily are going to choose that one, but at the same time, it's like everybody has a say in what they like and what they don't. So, yeah, yeah, so that's, you know, but once we deploy the team, like they've got all their materials, they've got a say in everything that's been done. And now they feel ownership Mm -hmm. because you asked and you care. (laughs) So, so now they're running out and they're going to actually be willing to promote your organization and tell their friends about it. Awesome. So, and then, um, organize the ask and is, is the O and the M is, um, is make a difference. So like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. And that's the thing. It's like the whole goal of recruiting a volunteer is getting to the point of where we all celebrate yes. because we're making a difference. <laughs> yeah. So we don't recruit volunteers just because we want more friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> but each one of your volunteers means that more work is being done. Like you're yeah. moving your mission forward at a more rapid pace. And so all the more volunteers that you can have in your organization who are skilled and knowledgeable and can be a voice for your organization out in the community, the better (laughs) it is. Yeah. So I know you had a couple of questions about just so many questions (laughs) actually, because it's just like, Oh my gosh, so many great ideas. And I guess what I'm really thinking about right now is when you've got this event committee going and you know, when, when do you really start with them? There are so many nuts and bolts behind things. That it, it seems like it's just so much easier for staff to just do because they have to, you, you've got to do things like you're talking about, like yeah. the invitations, you know, somebody on staff has got to work with the graphic designer to do this mm-hmm. or the contract for the venue or even picking the venue. Yeah. You know? 
how, you know, do you, do you suggest getting volunteers involved in, in that early yes. of the steps? Yes. So I actually, um, what I love to do is like creating an organizational chart of all the different committees that you can have involved. So I had actually like 30 different committees. Wow. Yeah. And it was a huge event. So I was, you know, trying to raise a half million dollars. If this was like a $10,000 event, it would be a different scale. And I probably wouldn't recruit that many volunteers. Yeah. And we would meet more frequently and we would be a smaller tight knit group. Yeah. But as you grow and you build out your committee. I mean, I, my initial goal for the event was I wanted a hundred volunteers to be sitting on the committee. Wow, so that meant, <laughs> yeah, that meant committee chairman and that meant committee sub, you know, like subcommittees. Mm -hmm. So they would meet so the requirement that I asked of them right up front when I recruited them was I said, um, we want, we want to meet one-on-one -on -one to figure out if this is a good fit, number one. And then two, there's monthly meetings. So every month we're going to meet as a, like an executive group. So all the mm -hmm. key committee chairmen are, chairmen are going to meet together as okay. one. So every single month, same time, same location, they, there's consistency. They know you're going to start on time. You're going to end on time. It's going to be well run and it's going to be volunteer led. So oh, those okay. volunteer, those meetings are not going to be staff driven. It's going to be volunteer driven. Obviously you partner with that vol that lead volunteer to lead the meeting, mm -hmm. but it's always run by volunteers. And there's just a completely different shift that happens when your volunteers run meetings. Yeah. Because then all of a sudden there's that peer pressure to show up to the meeting. <laughs> You're not there. <laughs> then it's not just the staff who's saying, gosh, we missed you at the meeting. Now it's everybody in the group who's like, hey, we missed you at the meeting. Yeah. You know, a sponsorship person didn't show up. Exactly. What are we do? <laughs> yeah. And now they're going to see, they're going to be on Facebook and be like, hey, we missed you at the meeting. And yeah. there's going to be a genuine interest in doing life together. Mm -hmm. Like that these people care about, hey, I heard your kid was sick. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, like I, I heard you went on vacation. That's awesome. So now it's the whole team who's, you know, encouraging each other along to say, Hey, how did that go? That meeting that you had with the the venue, are, can they house us or let us come in, to, you know, a couple hours early to the event? Well, now it's your volunteer who's sharing that information. Like, I don't need to be the one who does yeah. every detail of the event, but <laughs> I know, but here's the, you know, and we all know that the staff is, is kind of like, for me, I always felt like I was like the safety net. Like yeah. I'm going to pick up anything <laughs> that drops, but I'm going to have the expectation that those volunteers are going to take their area and be really like focused on making sure it's done with excellence. So with each position, like I, I mean, I had a job description for each position. So it was really clear what the expectations were for each role. So these yes. are like the key roles. Yeah. So committee chairman, if you're going to do an event and you've got a committee chairman role or you're doing a capital campaign, well, you're chairman of your capital campaign. I mean, they should know what the expectations are Absolutely. leading into it. <laughs> if it's a board of directors, everyone on the committee, everybody on the board has expectations of what their role means. So, um, so then you can recruit those day of volunteers and they know, Oh, I'm just going to show up and I'm going to help out the day of, yeah. but your committee members, they know, Hey, on average, we're talking about three to five hours a month. You know, mm -hmm. that's what we expect. You're going to make calls that are, you know, that meet the requirements of that job description. But, it, and if you want to put more hours in awesome, but that's not expected of you. Awesome. So then you know what to expect, you know how much time, and then you can move from there as far as recruitment goes. And then how do you manage when you've got subcommittees like that? So you're only meeting, you, you've got your kind of your 
core committee and then how do you manage the subcommittees in yeah, a situation so like that? Each of the subcommittees are meeting once a month as well. Okay. So then that volunteer who's leading, let's, let's just use decorations for instance. Sure. That's pretty okay. simple. But at the same time, depending on how elaborate your event is, you may have to fill an entire ballroom, two ballrooms, multiple events. So, um, so when they meet, they meet, um, once a month or based on when they want to meet. Like if the yeah. events, uh, you know, four or five months away, they feel like, Hey, let's do our monthly meetings at bi-monthly. And then as we get closer to the event, we're going to do them every month Yeah, or we're going to do it every other week, whatever works out best for your committee, but let your volunteer kind of lead the way on what, what yeah. is expected for that committee. Cause you trust them, you're empowering them. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's their event. It's so scary to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you handpick yeah. them. Yeah. So you know, they're, they're rock stars in their, in their field. Mm-hmm. Like my decorations chair. I mean, she was like the best decoration. Like she was like the interior designer to the stars, you know, like wow. of, of Southwest Missouri, whatever the stars are. But I mean, like she worked for Bass Pro Shops. So she yeah. went and she decorated, you know, the, um, you know, their lodge. She worked in their, their, you know, actual stores. I'm like, this girl was, she did not need me as a <laughs> nonprofit development director to yeah. tell her how to do her job as a decorate as exactly. a decorator, yeah. you know? So <laughs> the more you, you know, have people who are skilled, you can lean back and say, you know, this better than I do, yeah. you know? So I trust what you envision as what we can make this happen. But all along your committee volunteer, like your chairman of your ball of your event is always going to be the voice of the volunteers. Okay. So you and that lead volunteer are always like you're in sync with what the expectations are, what you want this to look like and feel like. And in the end, everybody knows that that lead volunteer is going to, you know, yeah. give the okay. So it's kind of like you, you got to pass everything by that person. But, but yeah, so they meet separately, uh, you know, monthly and then as a group monthly. So, and then we've got one more, I've got one more question. Yeah. And the big one is, I think, do you expect, and I think maybe we touched on this a little bit, but do you expect fundraising event volunteers to be at the event as guests, as volunteers, and do you expect them to find some way to financially contribute to the event? Yeah, and that's an in- interesting question because it just depends on what their role is. Yeah. So, I mean, if they are somebody whose job is actually to work the night of the event, mm-hmm. then the ex, you know, like let's just say they're your auction chair. Yeah. I need that auction yeah. run. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't want you as a guest and, yeah. you know, drinking over here because I don't even know, like, did the items get in the right hands? And yeah. so I want the auction chair to be like focused on the auction the night of the event. Mm-hmm. And same thing with the other roles along the way. If they're the logistics chair or the person who works with your entertainment, I mean, like they can't be sitting you know, with at a table and not paying attention to what's going on the night of the event. So, um, I always, I'd like to see that every member of the committee either, you know, just helped with, with the recruitment of table sales Mm -hmm. because whether it was their company, but as they got more engaged and they had more buy-in into the organization, like they were always willing to volunteer their company to say, Hey, I want to connect you with the VP of our, you know, marketing and make sure that we get an opportunity to have a table represented at the event. So as your volunteers are engaged, like you should start to see doors open within their contacts and their connections. So you don't necessarily need them physically to be sitting at a table or buying a table. So I'm always about like making sure that your volunteers are plugged in where they want to be plugged in. It's kind of like you as a donor, like when you donate to an organization or, you know, whatever your church or whatever it is, like you just want your voice to be heard. Like, I don't want you telling me what to do with my money. (laughs) Like I want to do. Yeah. And same thing goes with our volunteer time. Like as, as long as everybody feels engaged and they feel like their gifts are being used, like they'll go far and beyond your expectations because you're utilizing 
what they, you know, like they're part of it. They're, yeah. it's not going to grow if they're not making, you know, inviting other people in. So exactly. this is such a team environment. By the time when you have a really successful committee, they all are just like, they're stronger advocates for your cause and for, for your event much stronger than you are. Yes. Absolutely. I had a volunteer who she was networking like crazy. And I was almost, almost embarrassed. <laughs> I was like, put that stuff away. Like, you know, just because it, she was so excited and yeah. passionate that I was like, I'm not even that passionate, you know, and this is my job, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but they, they should so be. Yeah. Because when you're impacted by the cause and you can see the results and everybody's excited and sharing, like yeah. all that money that's being raised, Something's happening because that money was raised. Absolutely. So that's the the part, the making a difference part that I'm like, do not miss out on the opportunity to celebrate your success. I mean, we spend so much time making the ask of donors that like we forget that it's like, oh, maybe we should go tell them what we did with their money. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Or invite them in or let them actually physically see it firsthand what it is that you're doing. I mean, that just engages people more and more. And the same thing with your volunteers. If they can see the direct impact of what your cause is doing. Every meeting, I always made sure that I had somebody come and speak, you know, somebody from the organization who was a recipient of what was going on. Oh, that's a fantastic So idea. we started the meeting with a mission moment and the mission moment was all about... What are we doing with our mission? Yeah. Like, uh, we're not why sitting, are we fundraising? Yeah. Why are we sitting around the table right now talking about this event? You yeah. know, like in the end, you know, and depending on how your mission aligns, you may personally be impacted by the organization. So we also did that where one person from the committee shared why they're even there. So then okay. they just had a minute or two and we had volunteers who would, you know, show pictures of their loved ones that it was like, Hey, this is, this is the reason why I'm here. And here's a picture of my sister. <laughs> and yeah, it was so like on Facebook, you know, now with social media, you can connect with volunteers in such, yeah. you know, a personal way. So like that volunteer, she's been, you know, I've known her for 10 years now and she just posted that her sister just died. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh my, like, I'm, you know, that <laughs> is like gut wranching to me because I'm, you know, she you was love those people by proxy. <laughs> yeah. And she was the reason why this person gave so much of their time to yeah. this cause that like they didn't know any of these people. And now it's like this was their community of support. And those I was watching her Facebook post just like pff, blow up with yeah. all the volunteers from our organization because, oh. yeah, they they were the ones that were there for her during that time. Yeah. I mean, as much as your friends outside of the organization that you're a part. Of, I mean, like everybody, you know, they you do what they can. Yeah. But, Really yeah, connected. but once your relationship, once you like are doing life together and you're saying, yeah. Hey, I saw your invocation, you know, like all those sorts of things, like you, you do get to know each other and you yeah. really do care. It be, it creates its own community. That's so awesome. Well, Mary, we're almost out of oh, time. Oh, no, sorry. I'm a yapper. That's right. That's good. I'm glad. It makes the show go faster. Yeah. But one more time, tell us what your website is, how we can yeah. find you. Absolutely. So maryvaloni.com and Valoni is V as in Victor, A-L-L-O-N-I. And um, you can catch me on Facebook, Mary Valoni Consulting. And I post videos. those good videos. That's right. So I, I post at least once a week and just, you know, try and give you tips on fundraising and, you know, just how to make it fun. I, I'm, I'm super passionate about doing this together and, you know, being a community of people who care and give back so awesome well thank you so much yeah. for coming in and you've been listening to 501 crossroads remember we are all working towards the same outcomes and you're out of time <laughs> yay perfect <laughs> even do your <laughs> that's all right no, I-